Oh, well, hello there. Um, who's, who's ready for a journey? Uh, because I know that I am because guys, I'm going to shoot you straight. You probably have caught on by now, but, uh, it's just me today. You do not hear Will's sweet, smooth voice right off the top of this podcast because Will is not here. Will has some things to uh, take care of. So folks, that means the brains of the podcast are not here right now. It is just the, uh, the, the loud person that is here. Um, I say this as a heads up. If you want to bow out right now, I totally 100% understand. Uh, don't get me wrong. Will is the cream of the crop of this podcast. He makes the round turn. Uh, <laughs> I'm already screwing up. He makes the world go round on this thing. So uh, if you want to get out, I completely understand. If you don't, strap in. We're going to try to do this solo dolo after a weekend of MSU sports. Yep, just another uh, lap in the car for the old MSU basketball Spartans as they go on the road and do things that they do on the road. But, folks, before we get to that, and this is usually Will's part, so I'm going to try to nail this right now. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review Locked on Spartans podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get podcasts. Uh, yeah, no, really. Uh, rate and review. Uh, I actually... Had the chance to read some reviews yesterday. Uh, obviously, we got some great ones. And I and the obviously part is that we got great ones. The obviously part is that I'm just thrilled by those positive ones um, that you guys take time out of your day to A, listen to us, and B, reach out and say what you like about the show and that you guys are fans. I'm blown away by that support. Also, hey, and this is, this is life. Not every review is going to be a five-star review. And I do appreciate those. The uh, constructive criticism, for sure. Now, can we change everything? The, the comments that say that I'm not that funny, guys, I, I'm sorry. This is as good as I'm going to get. Like, I'm, I, this is all I have to offer you. So if that's not enough, I really do apologize. And, and I actually mean that. But really, um, everything else, the constructive criticism is fantastic. And uh, we really do take that to heart. And we're going to try to get better, of course, 100%. And one way that we're going to try to get better is, and this has been a common theme. I'd like to think it's not necessarily my fault, but you know, sometimes you got to look at the mirror. One common theme is Matt during the football season. You're too negative. After the loss of Indiana, Matt, why are you always so negative? Okay. You know what? Let's try to be positive. Let's steer away from the negativity. We're going to get there eventually. Just wait till segment two. But for this first segment, dang it, dang it all. It was just a not a great win on Saturday. We're going to try to find some diamonds in that rough, though. Get the positivity going. Try to get the week started on a hot note. I was going to say, you know, try to forget about Saturday's game. But let's be honest, we're not going to forget about that one that easily. Um, no, no. But as we're saying, who wants some positivity? Who wants to talk? about some good things that happened to the Spartans over the weekend. At Saturday, the following day on Sunday, even something pretty cool happened if you're in a Big Ten title races. Uh, so let's just get it off right off the top. Get it started with Rocket Watts talk. Obviously been a very, very, very popular character on the show in recent weeks recent games especially, and of course, I mean, how can we not talk about Saturday's game without talking? How solid Rocket Watts was, basically. 
I mean, 16 points, 4 10 shooting from three-point. That, that'll, that'll get the job done. Two turnovers, okay, that, that's going to happen. But he was really the scoring that MSU needed because Lord knows it wasn't coming from much else outside of Cassius Winston, of course, who had 23 points on 9 of 19 shooting. And zero turnovers for Cassius to boot. That's another positive. But really, Rocket, I mean, man, we were talking about this late last week, is one of the worries of the, of the future of the season is if Cassius doesn't have it going, is, is there a reliable plan B? Now, of course, Rocket has had games, more notably. The home game against Wisconsin, fantastic there. And, of course, most recently, Saturday. Having that kind of game, and, of course, we obviously lost, but still, there, there is a little comfort aspect there. That knowing if Cassius doesn't have it going, or even if Cassius does have it going, but no one else really does, who's, who's going to be the second in command? Who's going to be the Robin to Cassius' Batman? Or if Cassius can be Batman for a night, can anyone swoop in, take control? Now, we all know that Rocket Watts has been up and down this season. But, 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 the last six games, he's kind of really been on the up and up here. Four double-digit point games in the last six games. We'll take that. Looking solid on the road at an environment. I'm not going to call it like, you know, a hostile environment in Madison. But don't get me wrong. Most Big Ten courts do have a solid home crowd. But it wasn't like he was in Cameron Indoor. However, with that said, to be on the road and look that comfortable, that confident with the ball, that explosive, wanted to take control when the team needed him. I mean, it looked great. So, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. Matt, try to be positive. Try to be positive. Don't, don't say it didn't mean anything in the end, even though State lost. It was really nice to see. I mean, I got to say, you know, Rocket Watts was nice. And also, one time, one time for Foster Lawyer, when MSU was down seemingly 38,000 points, whatever, MSU desperately, desperately, desperately needed a bucket. Foster Lawyer just got you two of them, you know, just kind of keep your head above water for a little bit longer. We all know what happened to that lead. Uh, once we kind of tightened it after those Foster Lawyer buckets, it uh, kind of went the other way and by halftime it was uh, a 16 point deficit but hey at least for a little bit you know Foster Lawyer looked good we can all agree on that right I like to think that's pretty exciting um also when you're down double digit points in the first half again on the road you've seen the movie before whenever we turn on the television and we see movies that we don't really like that are on, we like to change a channel. That's, that's kind of what I did at the end of half there, you know, kind of watching some golf, uh, extensively on the TV timeouts, you know, okay. Darn. We missed the first uh, 30 seconds of the game when it restarted. Oh, well, you know, it hasn't let me down as golf. And I got to see Webb Simpson's hole in one at the Phoenix open live. So that was pretty cool. Again, we're all about, all about silver lines here today in this first segment. And uh, I guess, I guess, I guess another silver lining, maybe, that we're used to it, kind of. There's maybe perhaps some comfort in that. Maybe. That maybe helped the blow a tad, I guess. But on a more real note, on a more real note, and this might be the Stockholm Syndrome talking that MSU has put us through, that Tom Izzo has made us accustomed to, I mean, the same thing happened last year. I mean, just a, a tough three-game stretch. A tough little stretch. How many times has MSU had a tough stretch in January, early February? And then by the end of the season, everything's gravy. <laughs> everything's just fine. I mean, 
yeah, I, I would love to say, uh, no, I want to, I want to walk that back. I wouldn't love to say, but I would feel comfortable saying like, yeah, no, this MSU team, they don't really have it going on. They can't do anything in March. This is a, a lost cause of a season, yada, yada, yada. But this has happened before. I mean, MSU has looked bad in January's before and then had to, you know, head to final fours after this has happened. This isn't, you know, totally out of the comfort zone, not only for Izzo, even for this team, though, even for the players on this team, they just did this 12 months ago and they rallied and they turned it around and they made this great run at the end of the season, even without Nick Ward, Josh Langford. I mean, yeah. Is it a different team? Are they missing a guy like Matt McQuaid? Are they missing a guy like Kenny Goins? Are they missing? And we will talk about this. Are they missing Nick Ward? Yeah. Yeah, they sure are. But you know what? And this might sound crazy. It might sound crazy. But it's very hard to write off an MSU team that looks bad in February and January because of a tough stretch just because of what Izzo has done in the past. So that's that's the best positive spin I can give it you know, give it to you guys. So Rocket Watts looked fine. More than fine, really. He looked very promising. Foster Lawyer got a bucket, and you know I'm a big Foster guy, so yeah, brought a little smile to my face that I'm going to try to carry in here to this podcast. We're used to it, but you know what else we're used to? We're used to MSU kind of having bad stretches and then turning it around for the next half of the Big Ten season. And just one final thing. We're all big Hawkeye fans, aren't we? One time for the Hawkeyes beating the Illini. One time, one time for Iowa. Fran the Fighting McCaffrey's making it happen against Illinois and tightening up that Big Ten race, making Saturday's loss not seem all too bad. So one time for Fran McCaffrey. We always loved you, buddy. All right, so that's segment one. Will, God, I miss you. I I know the listeners do. I'm sure this can't be thrilling for them either. Uh, But we're going to come back segment two. I'm really going to try to not be overly negative, but we got to talk about Saturday's game in a more realistic context. Don't get me wrong. I believe everything I just said. But at a micro level of that one game, guys, guys, we have things to talk about. Um, But yeah, uh, we'll be back. Segment two, hopefully, uh, hopefully Will hops on. He won't. Sorry. But yeah. All right. We'll be back in a short minute. All right. So we are back. I shouldn't say we, it's, it's just me, unfortunately, guys. Uh, thank you so much for bearing with me on this fine Monday. I'm sure this is not how you wanted to start your week, but hey, we're giving it a go anyway. What, what? All right. Back in high school, I was going to say I played football. That's inaccurate. I was merely on the team. I did uh, not so much playing on that team. But they gave me a jersey, they gave me a spot on the roster, and uh, a nice spot on the bench to warm for, oh, I think 10 weeks uh, in the fall, so that was very nice. But there was one game that sticks out. I'm not going to name names because, well, he got to at least play. I did not. A certain player had a bad game, very bad game. It was a close game. I think we lost maybe by five, six points or whatever like that. And it was uh, very apparent that if one player didn't really just have the evening that he had, Outcome would have been a little different. Everyone kind of knew that. Players kind of knew it. The kids certainly knew it. Fell awful for them. And then after the game, the first thing the coach says is, guys, a game 
A team game never comes down to one player. When a coach has to say that, you know that game exactly came down to one player. Anytime that someone says that it didn't come down to one player, that usually means that, oh man, it was so bad that you have to say it doesn't come down to one player, which, in reverse, secretly means that, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you could put a lot of this on one guy. And of course, and this is where I'm going to start feeling really bad, I feel like a big piece of crap, and yeah... Of course, yeah. Should I get hate for it? Yeah, because patently on the surface, this is the part of the podcast where I got to talk bad about a college kid who's as nice, outstanding of a person as Xavier Tillman. And he's had a great season so far. He's had a great career at MSU so far. But I also just can't sit here and say that the eight automatic points left on the floor... Kind of wasn't the reason MSU lost a one-point game on the road. I, okay, in reality, is it all entirely on him? No, of of course not. I mean, yeah, it is a team game. Is he hogging the pie chart? I mean, it, it'd be a better argument if it was contested shots, if these were kind of tight ones that he was missing that you know just had good defense on them, but... When you're missing two point-blank layups that are not really defended, when you're missing a lob dunk, when you can't catch a pass that if you catch it, you turn around, there's no within five feet of you, and you can just dunk at home, when those eight points are left on the floor in the last ten minutes of the game, I'm sorry. I It's it's tough. Will he bounce back? I, sure, yeah. I mean, God, Tillman's been here for a while. He's a smart player. Everyone has horrible games. It just happened to be on Saturday. I mean, will it get worse for him? Probably not. It'll get better before it gets worse. Partly because it's going to be hard to top, really. Um, but yeah, it's it was just sad to watch. Infuriating at the time, but after a day to think about it, mull it over, as I'm recording Sunday afternoon, it's like, of course Tillman feels horrible about it. Of course he's probably ten times more upset at himself as we are. But I don't know what he's going through. I mean, God, he's got baby number two on the way here coming up in like a week or two. I mean, that's some perspective. I mean, as a fan, yeah, I'm upset on my couch Saturday wondering how the hell is he missing these layups. But at the end of the day, the kid's got a lot going on. The kid's going to bounce back. The kid's going to be a reason why we're going to be in a Big Ten race coming up here soon. But yeah, that was a tough game. That was a tough game. And you know what else doesn't really help is when you, once again, for the third time in the last four road games, third time in the last four road games, trail by 10 points within the first eight minutes of the game. I, I mean, we just talked about how this team has had rough stretches. They've had rough stretches in the past last year. They had a three-game blip, turned it around. So now we got to marry that idea with the idea that MSU has just done this for the third time in the last four road games. Now, I do think they have the coaching staff to turn it around. I still think they have the players to turn it around. This might sound completely crazy after watching this once again because, I mean, really, why haven't they turned it around yet? If they have this coaching staff and leadership that can turn it around, why haven't they yet? I don't know, but I just still think that they will. And one thing that you have to do like about this and I should have thrown this in the second in segment one, 
is that this team still did claw back from a 19-point deficit on the road and was one shot away from tying it up. Two, three missed layups away from winning the game. I mean, I don't think this is a toughness thing. I think this team is tough. I think they are mentally tough. They didn't just fade away and go into the corners and just watch Wisconsin blow them out in the second half to a win. They're, they're a team with resolve. And I don't really know how to fix that to start the games. I mean, the, I thought the defense was solid this game. I thought Wisconsin was just hitting tough shots. Really, on MSU's end, it's what happened on offense. I mean, that's you can't start 0 for 8 again on the road. And I think another part of this is is that I think now it's, it seems pretty clear to me who your starting lineup is. It seemed to work when Aaron Henry was starting the game on the bench. Saturday, with Aaron Henry... 36 minutes, 5 points, 3 turnovers, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. I'll give him that. That's pretty good. That that, that ain't doing it. That's just not going to – that's just simply not going to work. Of course, it had to have to work because Gabe Brown is fighting flu. But once Gabe Brown is healthy, once he's back to normal, I don't know how you trot any other starting lineup out there other than Cassius, Rocket, Malik, Gabe, Tillman. Henry's still a good player. He's going to be fine. But he's the kind of player that I think needs to come off the bench. I think he needs to absorb the game before he gets in there. Now, I'm not saying that once he comes off the bench, he's going to be a 24-15 guy, you know. But I, I think that just watching it, studying the game for a little bit, is going to be helpful. And Saturday was just another example of that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hope Gabe, I mean, selfishly as a fan, I hope Gabe gets okay quick. I hope he recovers from the flu so he can play more. But also just on a personal level, man, the flu sucks. The, the flu is just awful. So like on a personal level, I really hope he heals up soon because that can't be uh, any fun. I had the flu, oh God, a month or two ago. I didn't even want to walk up to get uh, water from the kitchen sink. I, I don't know how on earth he even played three minutes of basketball. Um, so yeah, once Gabe Brown comes back, sure. Uh, in theory, that'd be awesome. Now, will the team actually do it? That's the thing. It was tough. I mean, I, I, I really wish I had a better answer other than just uh, shoot the ball better uh, to start the game other than starting an over eight shooting. But yeah, I, it might sound crazy, but I, I think they started solid on defense. But there's two other chapters to that story. One chapter is uh, the shooting was awful. Chapter number two, Wisconsin. They were knocking them down pretty good. So, all right. Two segments down. One to go. What are we going to talk about segment three? I don't know. I don't know. No, we'll talk about uh, just what we want to see from MSU coming up here in the next week, what the Big Ten race is looking like, and all of that fun stuff. All right, two down, one to go. Thanks for sticking with me, guys. Lockdown Spartans. All right, so we're back. And uh, if you're still with us, I'm assuming at this point it's it's just my mom still listening at this point. Uh, thank you so much for hanging with us. Bearing with me here. Um, yeah, this is my first solo show rodeo, and uh, oh, it's going to be a painful one to listen back to personally. But, yeah, hopefully it's not overly horrible. Um, so the Big Ten race. Not a secret that it's pretty tight at the top, especially with Michigan State and Illinois both sharing a 8-3 and three conference record. Um, it's pretty pointless to say that the next few games are going to be a carnival for both teams and I'll throw Maryland in there as well seven and three overall record they're having a solid solid season um 
especially at home. Um, yeah, definitely not already dreading that game on February 29th or anything. No, no, we're all fine. Um, anyway, it would be pointless, though, to say that the next few games for these teams are going to be a carnival circus because, well, as we know, this year in the Big Ten, every team is having a horrible five-game stretch because, really, unless you have back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back games against Northwestern and Nebraska, you're going to get tested. And that's what we have here with MSU. Now, to recap the next five games for the Spartans, we got Penn State on Tuesday at Breslin Center, which is nice. Lowest tickets are 8 bucks on StubHub. I'm just going to throw that out there really quick. Uh, at Michigan Saturday. Oh, yeah, no, definitely not sweating that one out already. Then at Illinois on Tuesday. Then versus Maryland the following Saturday. And then at Nebraska. So, yeah, the next four games are against ranked teams. Oh, who else has their next four games against ranked teams? Oh, that's what Illinois does. Who just, who just fresh off a loss at Iowa, now has to. Well, they're going to get a little bit of a break. They don't play till Friday. Home against Maryland. Home against your Spartans. At Rutgers. At Penn State. So they also, and this will change since Rutgers lost yesterday. They won't be in the top five anymore. But right now, Sunday afternoon, they're ranked, so we'll count them. Their next four games are against ranked teams. It's going to get silly. It's going to get silly. Another team, Maryland. Just talked about them, 7-3 overall. Home against Rutgers at Illinois. Home versus Nebraska. Okay, so we'll count that as a bye. And then at Michigan State. So it's going to be a bumper car race. Well, no, I guess bumper cars don't race. It'll be a bumper car ride here for the top three teams. And uh, am I scared? Sure. Oh, God, yeah. But then again, you look at Illinois' schedule, you look at Maryland's schedule, it's not a picnic for them either. And the further I go, the the less it sounds crazy that six wins are actually going to win this conference. I'm sorry, six losses, 14-6 overall, will win this conference. Could you see a split at 13-7 win the conference? Yeah, I I could see it definitely. Do I think it'll happen? I still think we're a little little too far-fetched to predict that. But yeah, six losses is definitely in the realm of possibility. So, of course, MSU, you want to see them protect that home schedule against Penn State and Maryland in their next five games. It's very hard for me to think about the at-Michigan at-Illinois game. And we'll talk about this with Will later on in the week and just not already fear what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, Michigan, okay. I dog on them. They're there's a chance they're going to play Wednesday of the Big Ten tournament, which is completely embarrassing. But at the end of the day, um, MSU hasn't necessarily lost to good teams on the road. Like, uh, they have lost to Wisconsin, missing two starters. That's a pretty bad loss. They lost to Indiana. And it's not like Indiana played some God-level game. They just played their typical Indiana selves that day, and we still lost to them. We got beat by a Purdue team. That is just hoping to host an NIT game. So, yeah. Do I think Michigan's all that? No. Wisconsin, Indiana, Purdue, were they all that? No. They gave it to us good, though. So, yeah. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm starting to sweat out Saturday, next Tuesday. Mm, Probably that game at Nebraska as well. So, it'll be an interesting week, to say the least. I mean, you hope. And you probably figure that Tillman will bounce back. Aaron Henry, ah, eh, who's to say? Um, hopefully he does. Hopefully he can come off the bench and give MSU some things. But 
yeah, other things that you want to keep seeing. And it's the obvious stuff, you know, of course. Oh, yeah, you want to see Cassius do great. Oh, Rocket, you want to see him continue. I would like to see more, and if it's even possible, someone from the big man group rise up. We just saw it Saturday. We just saw one of MSU's most glaring errors on Saturday. The lack of big man depth. If, if Tillman doesn't have it going on, who else do you got? Uh, Julius Marble's just a freshman. I, it doesn't look like they're comfortable with playing him at least 10 minutes a night. Thomas Kithier has limitations. I mean, he's he's only 6'8", 6'8", wingspan. He's getting worked more nights than not in the Big Ten just because he's getting outmatched physically. Bingham, I mean, yeah, he's obviously a big man by definition, but he's not a guy that's going to bang in the post, you know. It's not a guy you're going to feed inside like he's prime Dwight Howard. I mean, so that's concerning. He goes, yeah, we had Nick Ward last year. That was great. Nick Ward, Tillman, you talk about strong one-two big man depth. I mean, that was fantastic. I mean, and, you know, I said we were going to talk about Nick Ward later. That's that's who we're missing right now. We're missing a second big guy. Because the other three, they're fine, don't get me wrong, but if Tillman is, like, really off like he was Saturday, the other three aren't, you know, really reliable to step up and be the alpha in the paint. I mean, they're they're complementary guys right now in their careers. So that's a bummer. And yeah, is it something that MSU could be missing down the run? Again, it would be easy to say yes, but it's it's almost the Stockholm Syndrome once again kicking in. It's like, hey, well, last year they got some pretty nice wins without Nick Ward. Hey, <laughs> don't you remember those? It's like, yeah, I do. But you talk about razor-thin margin for error, man. Tillman's got to be great every night down, down the stretch here. I, I know I'm jumping way ahead talking March, but uh, as a state fan, that's what we're programmed to do is just talk about March, especially when your team enters the season as the number one team in the nation. Um, yeah, so that's really the biggest concern. And in the next stretch of five games, this might be wishful thinking, but yeah, I really hope we could see a big man make himself comfortable and kind of really – jump out to that complimentary role if Tillman doesn't have it going on. Again, wishful thinking, but yeah, going back, Saturday's game, that's when it really dawns on you that, wow, if Tillman doesn't have it going on, who else in the front court will? And if I had to pick one demise of the team, I mean, yeah, obviously if Cassius has a bad game, okay, that's, that's, that's not going to be great. But is there a point to it being that it might be more dangerous to have really not a second strong option in the paint? I mean, look at Saturday. That's that's going to be tough to argue against. So, yeah, hey, you know, I said uh, we'd start this thing positive. I hate to end it negative. But then again, I got to be me. I got to worry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a worrier. If you don't know this by now, well, welcome to the podcast. I'm sorry I'm the way I am, but thank you guys so much for listening. I, I really do appreciate this. Uh, definitely all the support that you've given Will and I over the last few weeks, few months, or however long you've been listening. Um, let's let's just go out and just have a great week. You know, Saturday's done. It's over. We've got two fun games coming up this week. Home Tuesday against Penn State, then on the road at U of M Ann Arbor. It should be a good one. All right. Will should be back at some point this week. Who knows? Um, I'm sure he's going to listen to this podcast and say, yeah, that's not happening again. Um, But, yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. Really do appreciate it. Appreciate the support. Appreciate you guys listening. 
And yeah, let's just go have a great week. All right, everyone. Go green.